With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to Tyrac.com slash sports. Tyrac.com, that's the way tire buying should be. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Hours away from game one of the NBA Finals. Six hours, in fact. We only have a three-hour show. I could do all six. I could take your phone calls. I think I will. Take some of your predictions what you think is going to happen, what you're looking forward to, and maybe most importantly, this conversation which seems to have popped up, which is uh, if, if, if Golden State wins and Cleveland loses, could it in any way be LeBron James's fault? Will it change how you look at LeBron James? Because I feel like LeBron has already won without playing. They are prohibitive underdogs. I don't know what the what the difference between underdog and prohibitive underdog is, but I do know when you're a bigger underdog than any heading into the NBA Finals in 16 years, that would be a prohibitive underdog by most definitions. And so I've heard this, hey, LeBron's got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Cool. And with all of that equity... He is using some of it. He is spending some of it. He had an interview with Rachel Nichols. And it's not necessarily what he said or what he did, but it's what he didn't say and didn't do. Look, LeBron's going to get a pass because we've created this false narrative. Here's the false narrative. The false narrative was last year, The Golden State Warriors were the greatest team ever, and they added Kevin Durant. They were not the greatest team ever. They won 73 regular season games, which was the most wins ever. They did not win an NBA championship, and they had to shed a good portion of that roster in order to acquire 
Kevin Durant. That's not winning 73 games and adding Kevin Durant. That's winning 73 games, not winning a championship, reformulating yourselves while adding Kevin Durant. That, that's different. Last year's team didn't win 73 games and sweep you know, their way through everybody. Almost did. Lost two playoff games. Won the finals. Won in the, uh, during the course of the playoffs. But because of that, LeBron got a pass last year. Hey, Golden State just better. They're just, they're just better. They're just better. And then you take Kyrie off the team. And the first trade doesn't work. And now it's night and day better. Which which may well be accurate. My, my biggest issue with LeBron is not over his talent, which is immense. It's not over his evolution as a player from a guy who is a facilitator to one who's become more comfortable being an alpha at the end of games. My biggest issue is with all this acclaim comes zero accountability. The only thing we hold LeBron responsible for is the collapse in Dallas, which, oh, by the way, I don't hold him as responsible for as most everybody else does. Remember when they lost to Dallas? Six games? Do you know who their starting point guard was the first five games? Mike Bibby. You know how many minutes he played in game six? Zero. Never took off his sweats. You know why? He was so bad in games one through five. I would say true. LeBron James failed during that moment. That LeBron James, especially later on in the series, put too much pressure on himself and did not come through in the clutch. But if you remember early on in that series, they, they gave up two different times layups to Dirk Nowitzki. Layups on game-winning baskets. Like, look, if, you, if a guy hits a game-winning three with a hand in his face, what are you going to do? But a layup to a seven-footer who's not exactly fleet of foot? Come on now. So I don't hold him as responsible. I thought there were errors by Eric Spolstra. I thought there were errors by LeBron. But I thought there were also the fact that Mike Bibby was washed at that point in his career. And you can't play four on five, especially from the, when you're going against a Hall of Famer in Jason Kidd and you have a guy that you can't play in game six. Additionally, yeah, they dominated the Oklahoma City Thunder when he finally won a championship. But that was a Thunder team that, frankly, shouldn't have been there yet and was way ahead of its time, way ahead of, way ahead of their normal growth chart. And what happens when you have an upset? The next round, oftentimes, that gets exposed. We've seen that this year in the playoffs, seen the NCAA tournament all the time. And then they split with the, with the San Antonio Spurs. That's the reality of it. He, his first loss to the Golden State Warriors, it wasn't a fair fight. I actually thought that was his greatest series ever. LeBron James without Kevin Love, without Kyrie Irving, forcing six games. That was incredible. And of course, coming down for, from three games to one in year two, did they get a little help when Draymond got suspended? Yep. Did Andrew Bogut getting hurt help them? Yep. But he carried the team along with Kyrie Irving. Two-man offensive punch, which was phenomenal. He had the big block. Kyrie had the big bucket. And they won in, in, in Game 7. Like, I, 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 think I'm, I feel like I'm the only totally reasonable person out here. Including LeBron James. Because we did get new information that he did call the Cavs' front office, when they decided to make the Kyrie Irving trade. Take a listen. The odds have not been with us all season. You know, even if you start back to the summertime when I felt like it was just bad for our franchise to be able to just to trade away our, our superstar point guard. Obviously, I wasn't part of the communications and know what exactly went on between the two sides, but I just felt like it was just it was bad timing for, for our team to just get rid of our our. our our point guard, you know, and Kyrie Irving. So, you know, I feel like the odds was against us, you know, from the, from the summer. Okay, wait, wait. So you called the front office. You said you didn't want this trade to happen. You were unaware of the conversations that took place between Kyrie's camp 
and the front office. Okay. It's not what was said there. Nothing he said was wrong. It was a bad idea and bad timing to trade away Kyrie Irving, especially at that time. And the trade they got was suboptimal. Why didn't you call Kyrie? Right? There's, there's never any, there's never a moment to which LeBron who knowingly will willingly has signed these short-term contracts to put pressure on whoever he's playing for, in this case, the Cleveland Cavaliers, to continue to work tirelessly to win and win now because you don't. Tomorrow is never promised, not just in reality, but also in the alternate reality of LeBron James' world. I'm not promising you anything. Show me you want to put a championship team around me. The problem with that is that even when Kyrie decides they want out and he knows they're going to trade Kyrie, he did not recommit to Cleveland. And oh yeah, by the way, why didn't you call Kyrie Irving? It doesn't mean it would have changed the course of history, but it would have gone a long way. If, if, if I heard from LeBron James, I called Kyrie, I wanted to work it out, I went to his house, we tried to talk it out, and it just couldn't be done, and they decided to make a trade, and I said, please don't make this trade, we can work it out, and they did it anyway, that's different. The, I don't know what's going on, they decided to make this trade, and I called them and said, don't do it. What? You're LeBron James. You are the chosen one. You are the king. So this idea that it's it's never his fault, except for Dallas, which I don't think was that much his fault. It's never his fault. Never his fault. This is, imagine this. Imagine you've been together a couple years with your wife. And you guys get separated and you're going to get a divorce and the papers are going to get signed. Right. And you call at the last second, you call your lawyer and say, you know, I just don't feel it. I just don't want to sign the papers. I just don't think we should go through with it. Do you know who else you should call your wife? Right. Because then if you say, look, we talked it out and we decided we're going to give it one more go. We're going to try one more time. And when we've exhausted all possible situations, all possible scenarios, we've gone to therapy. If then you go like, you know what? It's not going to work. Split up the stuff. Let's move on. LeBron essentially said, man, I really don't want to get a divorce, but you're going to get a divorce. Okay. And then six months later, it's like, That wasn't my idea. I don't know why I signed those papers. I told the lawyer it wasn't a good time to do it. I didn't want to do it. Didn't think it put us in the best situation with the kids and getting ready to start the school year. It just, it would give us a tough year. It's, it's totally fair to blame Kyrie Irving, right? It's fair to blame Dan Gilbert, but you also have to blame at least a portion of it on LeBron James. Even when he talks about his relationship with Dan Gilbert, take a listen. Our relationship is, is, has always been a working relationship. For me personally, I've always tried to do, um, you know, since I come back to this franchise, to try to put this franchise at a level that is always seen in a positive light. When you see the Cavs logo, I want you to think as a very prestiged and, you know, great organization. Okay. It's a business relationship. And of course, LeBron James uh, loves the credo of The Godfather. That's his favorite movie. It's not personal. It's just business. It's not personal. It's just business. It's not personal. It's strictly business. Right. That's what he lives by. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Bill Belichick. Hey, he's just a regular guy. Goes to Chick-fil-A. But then here are more shots, more shots being taken at the Patriots and their style of coaching, of winning, of competing. Brandon Brooks 
plays for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles are doing a lot of talking. They win one Super Bowl. You know, they survive Atlanta at home. Could have lost Atlanta at home. You know, you you get you get Minnesota at home. You beat the Patriots, who didn't have Brandon Cooks, and sat Malcolm Butler. So to the victors go the spoils, but like, look, they had some things go their favor. Brandon Brooks, who also used to play in Houston, said, quote, all these guys talking about, I'll take the rings. Okay, you can have your rings. You can have your effing, your effing 15 miserable years. That's from Lane Johnson, Lyman of the Eagles. Brandon Brooks added in, it's not fun there. I was under the same regime in Houston with O'Brien. I almost retired. That S was miserable every day. Every day. How much better is life with the Eagles? Nine day, Brooks said. Happy workers make more productive workers. When you're not having fun, man, uh, those grinding, those hard-ass, hard-ass, hard-nosed days, Brooks was cut off by Lane Johnson. All the media wants to talk about, Lane Johnson said, is rings. I'm going to put my mine in the box, get this ring, never wear it one day. I'm going to put it away in a box. The only thing they're going to remember from your playing, the only thing you're going to remember from your playing days, you're not going to remember the scores. Uh, you're going to remember the people you played with and how you felt. That's the truth. That is not true. <laughs> are you going to remember the people? Yeah, you're going to be super close. Those are your brothers in arms. But you're going to remember the scores. Here's Bill Belichick when asked about these comments. Bill, you mentioned the Kobe Bryant visit. You mentioned in the past you're not the easiest guy to play for. Is it important for you to come up with ways for players to feel like they're enjoying themselves as they're putting in the work that you ask them to put in? Yeah, well, we feel what's important to us is to win. So that's really what we're trying to do. Bill, um, Eagles tackle Wayne Johnson has been critical of, of you and, and your methodology. You said, uh, yeah, we're really we're focused on what we're doing, trying to get better and taking each day we can to try to improve our football team. Are really focused on what everybody else is doing. Look, I, I, this is what Lane Johnson is doing. Just so you're aware, Lane Johnson's twice been a steroid guy. Now, Lane Johnson actually has a really interesting career. Went to Oklahoma as a quarterback. Quarterback became an unbelievable lineman. Unbelievable lineman. Super talent. He has had two PED suspensions. That's noted. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that he's a he's still a roid guy or whatever. He had two. I believe that what he's doing is calculated. He wants to have a post-career career. That's why he's being outspoken in the media and calling out Bill Belichick. Do I think it's more fun to play in Philly? Probably. Do I think you can win and have fun? You probably can. Here's the thing that the Patriots, it's not that they've won. It's that they have not had a bad season. And if, if what Lane Johnson was, was saying was, look, there are all different kinds of ways to win. You can win their way or you can win our way. Our way is more fun, more enjoyable. I enjoy working here more. But what you shouldn't do, especially when you had one, you had one championship season, one. One. What you probably shouldn't do is call out a team that since the year 2000 hasn't had a bad year. It is nothing short of remarkable. It doesn't mean that the Patriots, it's the only way to win. It doesn't mean that you have to, first of all, we don't know if they don't have fun. We're hearing somebody, Lane Johnson, who's never played for the New England Patriots, tell us how it's not fun to play for the New England Patriots. But you've, you've been to one Super Bowl in the last 15 years. Okay? They've been to eight. Two since 2000, they've been to eight. They've never had a bad year. And Brandon Brooks, don't tell me Houston is like New England. Like, oh, Bill O'Brien is, I don't know, it was miserable because you guys didn't have a quarterback. It was miserable because, heck, your middle linebacker keeps being po- uh, tested, po- testing positive for PEDs. And oh yeah, by the way, J.J. Watt, who's a superhero, keeps getting hurt. Like, those things are miserable. Just because you were miserable playing for Bill O'Brien doesn't mean you would have been miserable playing in New England. And even if you were, the New England Patriots 
have been in the playoffs every year except one since 2001. And that was 2002. I mean, it's crazy how consistently successful they've been. So, look, I got the Lane Johnson thing. He's smart. He's he's funny. Uh, you know, he's good with a quip, and he's 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 picking out the big bully that everybody thinks is the big bully, and he's puffing out his chest because they just beat him and won a championship. But hey, dude, you have more steroid suspensions than you have Super Bowl appearances. Until that ratio changes a bit, I would. I would change the statement of, hey, the only thing people are going to remember, or hey, the, this, is, this is more fun and more productive. The better way to say it is, you win their way, which doesn't seem like a lot of fun, or you win our way. And we're trying to disprove the theory that you have to be miserable to win. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. RJ Bell is the founder of pregame.com, the official odds provider for the Associated Press. He's also a host here on Friday nights and Saturday nights. It's a show called Straight Out of Vegas. Uh, RJ, we're going to get to the Vegas lines in a second. Here's what I need from you, okay? You grew up in Pittsburgh, so I'm sure most of these have a Pittsburgh slant. I'm sure you've seen this on social media. Favorite NBA player of all time? My favorite, I'm going to go with Larry Bird. Okay, good. Um, favorite NFL player, all time. Oh, that's interesting. Steeler fan, so it's going to have to be either. Let me think out loud. Terry Bradshaw, Joe Green, or Mel Blunt. I'm going with Mel Blunt. Good. Uh, col- uh, college basketball. College basketball. Best player of all time? No, your, fav- my favorite? your favorite. Wow, that's interesting. I don't even know. I was uh, Jerome Lane from Pitt. There you go. Send it in Jerome. Uh, favorite college football player of all time. You going Tony Dorsett? You know, I wasn't a Pitt. I'm an Ohio State grad, so I'm going to go with Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy Award winner. Major League Baseball, favorite all time. Oh, that one's easy. Dave the Cobra Parker. Uh, we are family. Uh, remember those hats? They had the sideways pinstripes or whatever. Yeah, sideways. I remember his arm from right is what I remember. Wowza. Uh, okay, NHL. Uh, I I object on ethical grounds. What do you mean? I don't. I hate hockey. I, I don't like hockey either. But who's your favorite NHL? Oh, I'll, I'll go with uh, Lemieux. Okay, Mario Lemieux. Boxing. Oh, Ollie. PGA. Nicholas. The Ohio State University. Tennis. Oh, absolutely. Vegas's own Andre Agassi. Love Andre Agassi. Plus his book. Have you ever read Open, his book? It's, I have. I have. Except things. the meth use I don't love, but okay. I don't like the meth use either. I like the either, honesty. But the, on, I mean, the, the utter and sheer honesty and the, the pain and agony and all the different stuff. His, his dad putting him in front of that, that ball machine when he's like three years old. Uh, wrestling. Pro wrestling. Oh, Rick Flair. Jeez. That's Woo! easy. Okay. <laughs> now, let's get to... Um, I have I've read where... I know chicken, too, Doug. You do know chicken? Oh, Lord. Okay. Gus's chicken in Memphis. Gus's chicken in Memphis is amazing. Amazing. And it's also, I spoke at South by Southwest a few years ago, uh, stumbled on Gus's down in Austin, and my wife checks the credit card every day, right? The business card. She calls me up after three days. This is a true story. And says, she says, hey, someone must got your card. We're getting the same charge again and again from this place called Gus's. I'm like, I'm eating there every day. Yeah, that's like Koshan Butcher in uh, New Orleans. Every time I'm in New Orleans, I go to Koshan Butcher, like breakfast, lunch, lunch and dinner. My wife said the, they said the exact same thing. I've read where the, the Warriors are the biggest favorite in 16 years in the NBA Finals. Is that right? Yeah, since Lakers in 2001 over Sixers. And, oh, over the Sixers. Okay. Uh, it's, it strikes me as weird that the, the Spurs weren't bigger favorites when they took on LeBron in 2007. No, you know, it's they were big favorites, but uh, n- not this big. And I think which is is fascinating, and if you're a Cavs fan, it really tells you the hill you have to climb here. So right now, Golden State minus 1,100, Cleveland plus 800. So a dollar wins you $8 if you like the Cavs to spring the upset. If we go back to 2008, there's been 25 NBA playoff series with a favorite or an underdog bigger than plus 750. So obviously Cleveland 8-1 is bigger than plus 750. 
Those 25 teams, 0-25 during the last 11 years. Uh, the the line did the line change at all when Kevin Love was was ruled to be playing? No, because anytime there's a line out in which there's uncertainty, they have an opinion built into it, and the odds were in the Vegas opinion about ninety percent he would play. Thus, him playing uh, met expectations, so no change. Okay, so let's start with tonight. Twelve and a half point line when I checked before the show. That is that where we are now? Yes. And what's the over under? Two fifteen. Okay, so. Uh, it, it means, and remember, this is a this is a team in Golden State that did not allow Houston to score over 100 points um, in in that series, which is kind of remarkable considering the pace by which, what's your assumption of how the pace will be? I think if you're the Cavs, you're going to try to slow this game down and every game down for one main reason, beyond the fact Golden State plays best fast, but the fact that LeBron's uh, physicality, his 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 uh, energy, I guess is the best way to say it, can't play seven games where he's playing a bunch of minutes if it's a fast pace or can't play a whole series. I mean, the only chance the Cavs have is LeBron just has monster game after monster game, and if he's doing that at a fast pace, I think there's a big problem. Uh, g- give, me a, give me a prop that you like, the prop that, that jumps out to you that you like. I'm going to go under LeBron's points in game one. And you can get that all the way up to 34 points. I think this is a situation where he's only going to be able to have a handful of monster games. And I just don't see game one as a game that LeBron puts up a monster. Now, if Golden State wins and wins easily, especially game one, I'd be looking at the Cavs, not only LeBron having a monster in game two, but potentially the Cavs winning the game outright. There'll still be a huge underdog in game two. But I think that's the kind of game Golden State might get a little flat because even in the finals, we've seen Golden State and the playoffs where if they feel a little fat and happy, they tend to lay an egg. I think game four was an example of that against Houston. No, there's, they, have, they haven't won four games in a row since February, right? They've had an inability. And I, I, I believe playing without Iguodala is a bigger thing than others. And people, well, eight points a game. You don't understand not just how important he is, but also – how big a drop off there is with their personnel. Once when he comes out, that means Jordan Bell's playing more. It means Kayvon Looney's playing more. That means Quinn Cook's playing more. And those guys, they, those guys will struggle in this series. On the other hand, you know Cleveland's not very good defensively, even if they have help off of Draymond Green, off of Jordan Bell. So I struggle with how Cleveland's going to stop Golden State. Oh no doubt. And, and again, we've got a huge favorite because of that. Check out this, Doug. Twelve and a half point favorite, as you mentioned, Golden State in Game One. Golden State's played 50 home games this season. 38 times they've been less of a favorite than they are in this game. Only 12 times have they been this big of a favorite, and it's against LeBron and the Cavs in the finals. So you might say, wow, is Cleveland really in the bottom third of the league? I mean, if you think about it with the idea, or even the bottom fourth out of 50 games, only 12 times? No, the analogy, and we talked about this during the NFL playoffs, when you have a big double-digit favorite in the NFL or in the NBA, the big question is, how hard is that favorite going to play? And oftentimes, they're going to be flat in those big favorite spots. They're likely not flat, though we talk going to say sometimes is, in the playoffs. So the in the NFL, those big favorites tend to cover more because there's not an uncertainty about their effort. So I think it is noteworthy to think this line isn't just big. It's like huge. Yeah, I, know. Top- I, I think it's, I think it's way, way, way too big, way, hey. way too big for, for that, especially considering they're coming off of game seven in which they had to extend a, expend a ton of energy. And, uh, and, and frankly, they played more minutes than I think even they're comfortable. A uh, couple of things I wanted to get to uh, with RJ Bell, who's the founder of pregame.com. You can hear his show straight out of Vegas, uh, which of course uh, plays uh Plays every Friday and Saturday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. Did the line, the futures bet on LeBron's home next year change after that Rachel Nichols interview? The, uh, and you're talking after game seven. Yeah, well, like for, for next season, right? Did yeah, it, yeah, did, but you're saying after the interview after game seven. Yes. Yeah, yes, and, and, and there was a couple of moves off of that game seven. Number one, the Cavs' odds got worse. They were the clear favorite 
at plus 110, which means just about 50-50 he was going back, a little bit less. It went up to plus 175, so away from the Cavs. You would think winning to make it to the finals would help the Cavs, but no. Now, what else happened was the Rockets got much, much better after their Game 7 loss. They were uh, 6-1. to one. Now they're plus 250, so 2.5-1. Two to one. The theory being, if a team is uh, has a disappointment, they have a better chance to do something fairly drastic. Last thing I find interesting in the second uh, team tied for the favorite right now with the Cavs, the 76ers, plus 175. With the Cavs at plus 175. But you might say, what about all the drama? What yeah, about did the anything burner- change after the burner phones? I tell you this, it got it got a little worse from plus 150 to plus 175. I think it might improve the chances. Because what do we know about LeBron? He loves control of the front office. Imagine if the Sixers said, listen, we're going to clean house because of all this. You can put your guy in there. Doesn't that increase the chance of LeBron going to Philly? That's exactly what I thought when when uh, we were talking earlier uh, with Zach Harper from FanRag Sports about how he likes control, and that was the exact thing that that popped into my head. And apparently, uh, you you uh, you are thinking you're thinking like Vegas now, Doug. I, I mean, that's a compliment. Well, I'm also just thinking the, logically. He wants. It's why I've never believed he would ever consider San Antonio. San Antonio, you can't bring your boys with you on your plane. You have no control, and you know, like you're you're not gonna you're, you're gonna. What, the first thing they say is you need to check your ego at the door, right? <laughs> and that's just not something LeBron James is going to do. Uh, the, the, the really, Doug, and, and real quick, if you don't mind, I think the biggest indictment you could give LeBron this year, because on the court it's hard to give any real indictment, yep. is that this is his team. And the fact he has all of these inferior players, at least at a championship level, on the team with him is really his doing. Correct. So maybe letting go of that a little <laughs> bit and it, with the Spurs could be a type of redemption for him. But there is no, there is no admittance of fault outside of look. Yep. Here's what here's here, I started the show saying this. R.J. Bell joining us, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Everybody blames Dallas on him. I don't think it was all on him, but I do think that since then he's been absolved of all blame, and I don't think that's fair. Th- that's fair either. Last thing, uh, MVP. Uh, give me the what are the futures on MVP for this? Oh, oh for the for the playoffs for the for regular finals. for the finals. Yeah, uh, you've got a situation, and this is fascinating. <laughs> where LeBron's odds to win the MVP are better than the Cavs' odds, odds to win the title. So we talked about Cavs are 8-1 to one or so to win this title, win this series. LeBron's in the 6-1 to one range. So the market is saying clearly there's a less than zero chance, there's a material chance Cavs lose the series, LeBron wins the MVP. Uh, really, it's Durant and Curry and all the usual suspects are favored, but that is the first time I've seen a real major difference between eight to one to six to one. Saying guy might lose and still win it. Uh, uh, give it one last. Where's Draymond on that? Just because, if you remember when Iguodala won it, it was because of his defense and he made shots, but he was left wide open. They're going to leave Draymond Green wide open, and he might hit some. What's what's Draymond's odds on MVP? You know, I didn't go that deep. He's not amongst the favorites. I can send Ryan an email right after if you want it, but uh, I can get that right to you. All right, no problem. I, sorry about putting you on the spot. No, time. hey, I love it because I'm usually going to have 99 out of 100. I'm going to have it, and then the one time I don't, they're going to say, boy, RJ's honest too. Oh, RJ Bell joining us. Last thing, give me if you were betting tonight, what would you be betting? If I were betting tonight, I I can't play Golden State in any spot because I think this is inflated. But I don't want to bet the Cavs on the spread because I do think if they are competitive, they have a chance to win these games. So I would actually force the bet, take about 8-1 to one on the Cavs winning game one. Hmm, great stuff. RJ Bell, pregame.com. Follow him on Twitter or listen to his show straight out of Vegas, which is Friday and Saturday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Doug. Pleasure is always ours. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's get the thoughts of Lamar Hurd, who's a talented NBA analyst, covers the Portland Trailblazers for a living. Follow him on Twitter at L underscore Hurd. That's H-U-R-D. No relation to Colin. Just no, no relation to Colin. Uh, Lamar, uh, first on first glance, uh, what do you think? what do you think of the series? I think the series, Doug, is going to be uh, what the Warriors want it to be, and, and what I mean by that, and that's assuming health, if they remain healthy throughout the series. 
um, with the exception of Iguodala. When, when Golden State is locked in and they're not, they're not being flimsy with the ball, uh, they're not being careless with some of the passes with the shot selection, uh, they, they can be unbeatable and win four games in a row. But if it's the Golden State that we're accustomed to seeing from time to time, that's a little loose, and LeBron continues on the trend of playing a superhuman brand of basketball he's been playing, and, and, and here's what is, is the main thing that I'm going to be looking for from Cleveland, is on the switches, can Tristan Thompson guard? Can Kevin Love guard? Because when, Go- when Golden State lost to Cleveland a couple years ago, one of the big factors in that, as you know, is on the switches, they did a good job containing uh, Steph Curry. Now, KD wasn't with the team. We know that. But they did a good job containing Steph. And so much so that a lot of people said, well, Steph wasn't healthy in the series. And, you know, so then they look at last year and Steph was able to be Steph as we know him at the MVP level Steph. And, and so you think that, okay, if they can play like that, then it might be a sweep. So I'm going to be looking to see how does Cleveland defend on the switches right away and, and really just how locked in Golden State is. Because I think if Golden State is locked in, it's a four- or five-game series. Uh, um, uh, there, there is something that helps Cleveland on those switches, is that right now you don't have to guard Draymond Green, mm-hmm. and you don't have to guard whoever else they're throwing out there, you know, with the exception maybe of Swaggy. And Swaggy, is so there's so many other things he doesn't do that they don't trust him out there. I mean, there's... Mm-hmm. I, so as much as like we want to point out, hey George Hill can't guard anybody. Like yeah, he can't. But if you just follow out around Clay and then you know they put Jr. on Steph, like it doesn't mean they can guard him. There's help everywhere, exactly. and so it becomes there becomes a lot less space on the floor. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I, I think we saw with the way Houston started to play him a little bit with their switches and the guys that they were helping off of. I still think they could have helped off of guys a little bit more, um, but. Yeah, no, there, there, there is still a, a chance there. And so when I say the Warriors in four or five, I'm not saying it's going to be all blowout. I'm, you know the deal. All you got to do is win by one. And so I think even with helping off the non-shooters and um, guys from Cleveland playing out of their minds if they have to, I, I still, honestly, I, I just think if Golden State is locked in, it's not going to be good enough to beat them by one point. I just, I just Those guys, you know, just watching them all throughout the season – uh, when they want to make up, you, you, you know this, Doug. Coaches always try to teach players, all right, don't try to relax and then turn it on and then flip the switch later on in the game. You can't just flip the switch. Well, go to State can flip the switch. When, when they want to and they're there, they can flip the switch. Now, it looks like there's been times where it's going to come back to bite them. We thought maybe that would happen in the Houston series. Um, it didn't. And I just I think maybe they, they see the bullet they dodge and they'll come out with a different level of focus. Look, I... I... I, I look at at, uh, at Cleveland, and I'm like, man, they put a bunch of shooters around LeBron, and they're, they, they're going to be able to score against Golden State some because you're either going to help, and if you help, he'll find your guy, and if you don't, he's going to mm-hmm. score a bunch, especially without Iguodala in. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I, I also realize that they played the Celtics, who don't have nearly the number the volume of shooters, yeah. And they just they gave up wide open shots, right? They're just yeah. so, at times Cleveland is so bad defensively. Yeah, and this is a team that makes you if you're going to make a mistake, they're going to make you pay. That, and that's the thing for me. Like Cleveland all throughout the year, you know, good offensive team, one of the top 5 teams offensively, one of the worst 5 teams defensively. And just the the types of looks that they constantly give you throughout a game. You just I, nobody can beat Golden State giving up those kind of looks. So that, so that's why I'm saying one of the main factors for me is going to be on the defensive end with them is on the switches, how they contain, and then what they do off of the ball with the switching. Are they locked in? Are they switching and making contact right away, not letting Steph and um, KD and, and Clay shake free for some of those shots? Like if, if they are super attentive, um, then I do think that they have a, a shot at making this thing interesting. But the thing is, they got to be that – for 95% of the possessions throughout the game. And I just don't know, based on what I've seen defensively from Cleveland, against a really good offensive team throughout the season, I just don't think it'll be enough. Lamar Hurd joining us, a talented analyst for, uh, for was it Comcast Sports Net Northwest? It's a lot. Covers the Portland Trailblazers for a living. You may have seen him. Used to do games for Fox, Pac-12 Network, ESPN as well. Covers the Trailblazers for a living. Joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I, I wanted your take on what LeBron said to Rachel Nichols. He he said that <clears throat> uh, he didn't like the trade and that he called management to tell him that he didn't 
like the trade? The odds has not been with us all season. You know, even if you start back to the summertime when I felt like it was just bad for our franchise to be able to just to trade away our our superstar point guard. Obviously, I wasn't part of the communications and know what exactly went on between the two sides, but I just felt like it was just it was bad timing for our, for our team to just get rid of our, our 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 point guard, you know, and Kyrie Irving. So, you know, I felt like the odds was against us, you know, from the, from the summer. It's interesting. He says, like, he calls Kyrie a superstar, which I agree he is. He says, our point guard. And he says, like, look, I don't, but he, then he acts like, well, I wasn't privy to those conversations. Why wasn't he? <laughs> well, I, it's, it's difficult to believe that any organization that LeBron James is a part of does not bring him in on certain conversations. Now, look, he's not the owner of the team, technically, but he kind of is. I mean, he, he's the guy, he, he runs the franchise. Uh, he has made the franchise relevant, uh, so or relevant, and so I, I, I don't know if LeBron maybe isn't letting us all the way behind the curtain here. Um, one thing I will say is, is this, and I, I had this conversation a lot of times when Cleveland did win that championship. Um, you know, I know a lot of people. Uh, the overwhelming sentiment with people that I talked to at, at the time was that you know LeBron carried that team, put them on his back, brought them back from the three-one deficit. And I, and I would always just kind of bring up to people, hey, I don't know if you were watching or not in game three when things started to shift. Uh, LeBron wasn't the one who broke the seal. Uh, LeBron wasn't the one that started off in that game and was able to shake free, get some shots off in the defense a little bit, take away some of the help uh, on the weak side, and, and just really open up the court. You know, that was Kyrie. Um, I, I'm one that felt like after the end of that series, it should have been co-finals uh, MVPs. I, I thought Kyrie was that good. And, um, you know, I watch body language a lot during games, and I remember last season when those two guys played together a lot, you, you kind of watch some of the conversations, and, and it's tense on a championship-type team. The types of things they go through, the types of hard conversations you have to have. Uh, but just in, in watching the interactions in, in just the two games that the Trailblazers played against them, you just didn't get that sense that LeBron was a guy that, that truly felt that Kyrie was the superstar that I think Kyrie is. And that, that's not to say that LeBron doesn't indeed feel that way. It just, it just didn't appear that way observing those two guys. So um, it, it was a little strange um, hearing him say what he said. It's surprising uh, that he wouldn't be involved in that kind of decision, but of course, as you know, that's going to lead to more talk and speculation as to what he's going to do in free agency because if he's not in that, that type of conversation, um, I really don't know uh, how the guy feels comfortable there because I know the, the, the star I cover in Damian Lillard, um, he's privy to a whole lot of information. And if somebody of a Kyrie caliber um, is going to get traded, um, Damian will most likely know about that. Yeah, uh, my other issue is why not just pick up the phone? If you hear Kyrie's got an issue with you, Pick up the phone and call him. Oh, you without know? question. Yeah, without question. I mean, I, you well, know. That, well, that, well, Doug, that's what I'm talking about. You know, like if, if, if you really feel like a guy is a superstar and, and there's something up, you know, you, you're going to do that. You, you're going to ask, like, what's the deal? And, and just like I, I referenced the guy I cover in Damian Lillard, uh, we had a situation like that with the Blazers uh, early in the season where Mo Harkless, who's a starting small forward, wasn't very happy with how he was being utilized in games. And he made a comment post-game, after a game in Philadelphia, and we went on bus from Philadelphia to New York that night, and once we got into the hotel that night at like 2 a.m. or whatever time it was, Damian Lillard went to Mo Harkless's room to go and talk to him and say, I heard about the comments you made. I want to know how we can address it and make it better. And really, it was at that point that the season started to turn around for the guys. And so if you really feel a certain way about a guy, you would do exactly what you just said. You pick up the phone or you go meet him man to man. You have a talk, but uh, you address it and you deal with it. By the way, um, in those last three wins, in the last three wins of the series, the NBA finals that you were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, he was a plus tw- uh, Kyrie was a plus 20, a plus 25 and a plus 10. Oh yeah. He had, you know, 41, yeah. 23. And of course had, uh, had 26 and hit the game winning shot. In uh, in Game Seven, so it's, it's... And, and, and I love the fact that you brought up the numbers because the, the, the numbers just validate what what was being displayed. And and the the main thing for me, like I said, is is not even just the numbers. Like his numbers were great, but it was the fact that he's the one that broke the seal. He's the one 
that was able to score the ball one-on-one. They, they were guarding LeBron one-on-one for a lot of that series. In game three, they, they weren't feeling the need to send a lot of the extra help because they, they, they had him contained. But Kyrie is the one who opened it up. So I just, I just never really felt like Kyrie ever got the credit that, that he truly deserved. I agree with you. Lamar Hurd joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Knowing as much control as he wants, where can he get that? Oh, oh man. Well, <laughs> there, there are a lot of teams that would give him that control. Now, the question is, is it a good team? Is it a team that's going to compete for a championship? That, that's really the, the questioning. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I won't claim to know the, way, the inner workings of a lot of front offices. Um, my assumption, though, would be that uh, most places where there's no prior beef, as there is with LeBron where he is now, I think uh, they will find a way to work with him. Now, of course, in Miami, it might be a little different because Pat Riley runs a different ship out there. And those two have San, already had San, San, little... San Antonio won't work. Hey, yeah, I, I, good, don't, good call. I don't call. think the Lakers would work. Um, that's the mm, one thing I think not, holding him back. Now, why don't you think the Lakers would work? Look, do I think that, that Magic would say all the right things? Yeah, I think Rob Palenka would say all the right things. I think you have, I think the Lonzo thing and the LeVar thing, I, I don't think that's something that he, he probably loves. I think he thinks he, he doesn't, doesn't care, he worked through it, but I also think that Magic and Rob Palenka thought the exact same thing, and it, it can be annoying. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 also, I think they wanted Fisdale to be the coach there. You know, that, yeah. was, that was floated, as you know, in NBA circles, when the Lakers weren't playing well, and now Fisdale's the coach in in uh, in New York, yeah. and so uh, you know, does he like Luke? Does does he like that style? A young a coach that's I think Luke's younger than he is, or about the same age as he is. I don't I don't know I don't know how that works, yeah, uh, but yeah, I yeah. don't know like he's not going to have more control than Magic and Palinka. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't know, man. Look, look, I mean, things are a little different with LeBron. Luke Walton's five years older. My bad. Yeah, yeah, Luke. Luke is. Oh, yeah, Luke finished up at Arizona while LeBron was still in high school. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's going to be something to watch. It's going to be a circus over the the, the next couple of weeks. If you but, were uh, if you were a betting man, where would you yeah. bet he plays next year? Cleveland. Kind of think so too. I think Cleveland. I I, I think, um, and, and I don't know how it all works out. I don't know if he goes and has a, a certain meeting with Dan Gilbert and. Um, I don't even know if that is what takes place. I just think with him, um, his family foundation, what he does there in the area, what he means to the area, I think he really grasped all of that. Um, I think he understands the significance. I, I think part of him um, has kind of, I don't know if slowed down is the right word, but the, the whole pursuit of, of Jordan and being the best, I think he's kind of gotten to a point just just based on the way he talks, what he says, and uh I feel like he just kind of knows it. Look, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to be able to convince everybody or maybe even the largest population that um, I was better than Mike. And, and so I think he's looking at just the whole big picture of uh, what he wants his legacy to be as to who he is because LeBron has always been a, a phenomenal guy off the court in terms of the things that he does and the care that he has for people. So I just think uh, he's going to stay home. Great stuff, Lamar. By the way, I need to get your list here. All-time favorites NBA player. Uh, Penny Hardaway, hmm. NFL. Um, you know, I, I just by default because I'm not a huge NFL guy. Warren Moon because I grew up in Houston, Texas. College football. Say, do I have to go? Am I allowed to go college football? I mean, you, you can go pick college. Up? You can go college football. Um, and I want to say the favorite guy, just maybe the most exciting for me to watch, Reggie Bush. I yeah. was at Oregon State when Reggie Bush was at USC, and I, I haven't seen anything like the guy. College basketball. Your favorite college basketball player. Man, that's a really hard. This it gets harder by the question. I know. Um, you know, a guy that was impressionable on me for for some reason uh, when I was younger, when I was in high school, watching him play was Scooney Penn yeah. at Ohio State. Yeah, I played I against. Love, I, he, okay. he he played um, again. You're younger than me. Yeah. In in it used to be in AAU basketball, the two big tournaments were Vegas and Phoenix, yeah. and they were back to back. He yeah. played on a team. That's the only team I know of that won Vegas and Phoenix back to back. Wow. They beat us in Vegas in the I finals. I never knew that. Yeah. He, I never knew he had, that. He had another point guard with him, Eggie McCray. And then their big guy, uh, what's his name, Jackson, like Randall Jackson or something, went to Florida State. But, yeah, Scooney uh-huh. was a, Scooney's a bad boy. He's back at Ohio yeah. State now. Um, oh, is he coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Uh, just, right. I think just 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 going back there, he's doing developmental coaching last year. Now he's on staff. Major League Baseball, fair player. 
Uh, Jeff Bagwell. You going to like all Houston? Then I do. I can, uh, do I, that's all I watch. Do I, hey, listen now. I, I didn't have cable going up. At you didn't have cable. I watch the local stuff. My no, wife did it. My wife did it. When I was a cable. young kid, I mean things have changed since then, but it was rough growing up. All right, so th- there's no NHL. No, nah, there's not. I, yeah, I, don't I, fake I, it. I can't even boxing. Look NHL, me. Boxing. Favorite boxer of all time. Uh, I love watching Mike in his heyday. PGA. Don't have one. Just say Tiger. Come on. Uh, well, but see, that's uh, everybody. All right. What about this? You I'd didn't have. Beat don't have one guy. You don't. You don't. You don't have. You didn't have cable. Did you watch fake wrestling as a kid? Oh, all the time. Oh. Was it? On, oh, I thought it was oh, on oh, USA. Oh, oh, Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. We have not heard Old an Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. Or, or Lil Jake the Snake, just because just to see the snake come out. Um, tennis. Um, tennis. I don't have one either, but I did start watching a little more closely when the Williams sisters hit the scene. Great stuff, man. Let's catch up in person real soon. I like it, man. Sounds good. Uh, that's uh, the voice of Lamar Hurd. You can check him out on on uh, Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.